You are listening to Zen and the Art of Triathlon. Hey, 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 welcome all you triathlon freaks and geeks to another great episode of Zen and the Art of Triathlon, the podcast where we go long on endurance and learn a little bit of Zen and how to improve ourselves along the way. All right, I'm leaving the gym, just went swimming and we're getting into the Zen Tri Mobile Studios here, if I can unlock it. There we go. And... To kick off the show, we're going to talk about two things. We're going to talk about cramps and how to tell, how to use them to tell you to take a break, at least on the muscles that are cramping. And then also how to use Zwift to exactly emulate, imitate, replicate the uh, riding outdoors. So many people say, well, you can't. I just listened to a long podcast where they're like, oh, you can't use trainers for long, longer bike riding sessions, and they're they're nothing like riding outdoors. Well, I've got a trick that makes it exactly like riding outdoors. And I'm gonna tell you here. I'm gonna try to crank this out. Both of these in the next 15 minutes. Let's see. What is the star date? November 21st on the Garmin Phoenix. And let's see. Let's back up and then pull on out. Ah, cramping. So I was swimming this morning and just cruising along. And I felt a twinge in the instep of my either left or right foot. I can't remember. And I was like, oh, huh. That's interesting. I wasn't even very far into my swim, you know, like 20 minutes in or something. And I thought, oh, that's a sign. I've learned over time that that's a sign that the muscle is stressed and you've been overloading it. And hold on, I'm in a roundabout right here. (laughs) It confuses the locals. Texans aren't very good at roundabouts yet. And so then I'm swimming along a little bit longer and then I notice that if when I'm pushing off the wall, if I'm too close to the wall or I'm kind of cl- I'm closer than usual to the wall and I have to squat more that it what muscles did it do? Either my hamstrings or my quads, I can't remember. But it started cramping in other places and I was like, "Oh, this is definitely a sign." And so I started thinking while I'm swimming, which I do quite often. <laughs> A little too much. That let me take out my AirPods here. Got to merge with traffic. Oh, that's a lot of traffic. That you know, what have I done lately to stress out my leg muscles? Because this is odd. And uh, maybe last episode, if you listened long enough, <laughs> which is at work that I uh, mentioned that my injuries, my running injury seems to be going away. And we'll talk more about that later. But what that does is instead of favoring and babying uh, my regular run muscles for a long time, I've been using them uh, to running differently to protect my running muscles. And now 
that my injuries are going away. I'm going back to running at a uh, nice clip like I used to with um, using muscles in a way that I haven't used in uh, quite a while. And because I'm feeling good, I'm going fast. So this is all, you know, increased load on muscles. And you wouldn't think it, but it's true. Your body's like, your body doesn't care that you, it's especially bad if you're going, if you try to do something that you used to do because you know all the technique and you know the form and you can execute it, but you don't have the muscle strength or the stamina or whatever to support it at the time. So people that know how to lift weights and then they haven't lifted weights in a while and then they go back they will tear themselves up with, uh, you know, pulling on things and being sore, really sore for the next few days. I've learned to, whenever you go back to something, if you go back to something, take it easy. So this was all running through my head and I'm like, oh yeah, dang it. Uh, I mean, it's not bad. It's not like injury, cramps aren't injuries. It's just a sign. And oh yeah, it was the inside of my, uh, the inside of my legs <laughs> pushing off the, uh, pushing off the wall. That was weird. And then, so I started taking a little bit more breaks and swimming a little bit more easy. And I still got in, it wasn't an hour, so I'm like 55, zero minutes. And I got in like 3,500 yards, which was pretty good. And the pool was, had two people on each lane. It's the Wednesday before Thanksgiving. And I guess people have off from work and they all decided to come swim. And for my pool, that's, that's crowded. Oh, this guy goes, dude, I've never seen it this crowded before. <laughs> and uh, then towards the very end, I was going to um, swim like super smooth and kind of time myself, you know, like do some stroke efficiency kind of testing and time myself. And I, uh, I think I pushed off the wall and then swam and did a, did a 50 and then flipped. And then when I pushed off the, yeah, that's what it was. When I pushed off the wall to flip, I had actually done my flip turn uh, too far from the wall. So when I pushed, um, my legs were almost completely extended. So to push, I had to uh, really push off with my toes. I had nothing left except, you know, to extend my, my toes. Well, that uh, contracts hard your calves. And it's interesting that it wasn't my right calf, which has been the uh, injured calf. My left calf, I guess because I'm putting more load on my left calf now. Uh, well, that doesn't make sense. But anyway, I got this searing, crushing cramp in my left calf from contracting it too hard to push off the wall. And it was a game ender, man. <laughs> it was like so painful um there was people around and that's the only reason i didn't scream i was like oh god and um one way the best way to get rid of a cramp in the moment is to uh extend you try to extend the muscle so thank god the pool was you know three three and a half feet deep right there so i was able to to uh, st i had to stand up at first i just tried you know ex uh, pulling my toes up and that didn't do it. And I, um, I ended up having to stand on the on the pool, in the pool, 
on that foot and bounce up and down to stretch out that muscle, to stretch out my calf, to get it to stop uh, cramping. I mean, it was like, if you were in deep water, that would have been bad, 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 bad. I don't know if it was a drowner, but it was uh, not exactly ideal. So what all this tells me is that um, to, that was this morning, uh, Wednesday morning, and that means definitely no running or biking uh, for the rest of the day. <laughs> I'm done. And uh, tomorrow, if I uh, bike or run, especially if I run, to uh, really watch it and maybe back off a little bit and not push the pace. And yeah, yesterday was one of my fastest runs lately. And it all makes sense when you put it all together. Okay, next we're going to talk about Zwift and how to set up your bike. I'll get started right now. I have to go into W to the ERK, but I'll get started right now. Um, the big problem with trainers, and this is true, is uh, you continuously ride in the same position because you're not out on the open road. You don't move around on your saddle as much, and then it creates um, overtraining and... Um, on and injuries on certain muscle groups because you're in the same position too long and I definitely this has happened to me and um, it's exhausting it's wear and tear and then the thing like usually people think people think by the way it's not it's not a fact but people think that they have to um, keep pedaling all the time you don't you just think you do and uh, so we're going to come back to that here in a second, uh, but keep that in mind. Uh, moving around, not moving around enough, different body positions and stuff because you're in a fixed place. And <clears throat> what was the other one? Uh, oh, yeah, getting injured or exhausted or blown up um, by doing too much of the, uh, of the same thing. Whew. All right, I'll be right back. Out, bang. All right, we are back. And right on cue, you know, if you make podcasts, there's a rule that anytime you try to record a podcast, somebody shows up with a weed eater. <laughs> there it is. Anyway, let's get back on Zwift. Okay. So I noticed training on a trainer a lot um, that I started having problems uh, getting repetitive use injuries, you know, soreness in weird places. And yeah, it's really boring and you, it exhausts you an hour on the trainers, like an hour and a half out on the road because you can't coast. There's no downhills, blah, 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 all this stuff. And I was like, oh yeah, this is for real, but a trainer makes you way better. Then over time, I realized something very, very cool about, it might be about a year ago. I don't know how long I've had it, but uh, for Christmas or my birthday, I bought myself the Doretto Smart Trainer. And this is a trainer that when you, there's lots of these now, that when you hook it up to software, and there's all different kinds of software. So Zwift is just one of them. Well, this was a wrong turn right here. It will increase and decrease the resistance while you're pedaling. 
And okay, so that's good because now you can have variation in your pedaling. So for example, in Zwift, when you go uphill, um, you can make it so that it goes harder when it's harder when you go uphill. And then when you go downhill, it's a whole lot easier. And not only that, this is part one of the killer feature is in Zwift. If you're going downhill and you have speed, let's say you start going downhill, you crest the top of the hill and you start going down and you're, it says at the top of the screen, how many miles per hour you're going. And it says, you know, you're doing 25, 30 miles an hour downhill. If you stop pedaling, the game physics has you keep coasting as if you're going downhill for real in the real world. You don't need to pedal all the time when you ride smart trainer mode in some uh, bike software games. And we're going we're gonna to go with Zwift as the example. Uh, it, there may be others, okay? So I'm not, I'm not sure of all the others. And your the software won't stop. It won't cut your ride. It won't penalize you. Uh, it's like, well, in the real, you know, in the in the real world, you'd be coasting downhill. So we're going to let you coast. So you can coast. And there, that is one of the major major breaks. And the next thing, I guess, you could get one of those things that um, Wahoo makes one that that uh, lifts and and lowers your uh, front end of your bike. If you want, if you're going uphill and downhill, I haven't really found that to be necessary. Of course, that would be nice, whatever. So then that that has you moving around in your saddle, saddle a little bit more. Okay, but the other thing is when you are going uphill on Zwift, if you set it to the middle resistance, it's usually pretty good. When you go uphill, it starts throwing resistance at you. So you start shifting and put it in a bigger gear, harder gear, and smaller smaller cog in the rear, uh, big chain ring front. You can stand, you have to stand to pedal sometimes. And your character stands and pedals, right? So now you're getting up out of the saddle, you're uh, moving around. Now, on top of that, I figured out something really cool, is on Zwift, every time uh, your person takes a turn like left or right and it's enough of a turn they've got little hairpin turns and stuff like that you know whatever if you were going to sit up or move your hands on the handlebars in the real world on that turn do it on the trainer as well sit up right or if, or if you're drafting off of somebody in front of you in the video game sit up and act like you're drafting them. And it sounds weird at first, but once you start doing it, it's such a habit that you'll think not doing it is weird. Um, so I've noticed, oh, it's even better. Uh, here's uh, uh, feature number two, killer feature number two. Somebody, I don't know where I got it, but if I, if I didn't have it anymore, I would go get another one in a heartbeat. The uh, front wheel holder for my bike, you know, that has the little scoops out on it, so your so your uh, tire stays centered under you. Mine is on a swivel, 
it's got you know a, a quarter of an inch up off the ground pedestal with ball bearings of some sort in it and it turns left and right uh, maybe Kurt Kinetic makes it to go with their uh, their trainer that that tilts left and right. And that's another thing is maybe get a smart trainer. Kurt Kinetic makes uh, smart trainers now, and uh, you can do that. So when I when I go into turns, not only do I sit up a little bit because I'm going into the turn. What I do is I put my left. If I'm turning right, I put my left arm out on the outboard uh, bullhorn to. Um, to stabilize me as if I'm normally like the same thing I would do out on the road. And with the swivel, your front end can actually turn. And uh, so you can turn the, the front end of your bike left and right, and it's not fixed. And that actually makes the uh, riding in the video game way more realistic. So let's see, we're coasting downhill, we're sitting up, in turns and if we happen to be behind somebody that we're drafting off off of and uh yeah we're we yeah we got the swivel for turns and then there's something else the smart trainer um even on flat ground in Zwift it will throw um little variations at you at first it made me kind of mad when I know I'm on flat ground just let me go I want to go flat (laughs) Quit changing the resistance. But once I noticed the uh, the the goodness, the the benefits, that's the word. The benefits of this, I realized that this is awesome. That when it goes from 1% to 0% uh, grade, that the little variation that it throws at you, it may not be enough to um, to make you change gears, you know, but it's enough to make you change your cadence. And that's critical because when you start changing your cadence, you start uh, using your leg muscles just a little bit differently. Lower cadence has more torque. Higher cadence has less torque, higher RPM, uh, more nervous system work. So all these things together, I'm trying to think of if there was something else. All these things together uh, start making your indoor ride exactly like an outdoor ride. Like, exactly. It's really, really crazy. Um, And I've been doing this interview I was listening to. They were talking about how one more than an hour more than half an hour on the trainer is absolute murder you know it's like the worst thing ever these were like experts uh i think it was velo news podcast or something like that and they had all these experts about how to ride the bike trainer and how to maximize the bike trainer. and they never said these things and i was sitting there listening to them. when are they going to talk about these things these things that i've figured out and they never did and that's why i'm sharing it on the podcast because there's there's these additional things that because everybody talks about how terrible it is. Oh, I gotta ride the trainer. You never, you never stop pedaling, and you're wearing yourself out because you're using the, um, you're using the same muscles too much without any change. Like, and if you're out on the open road, you're moving around on the saddle. You're standing up. Uh, 
you know, uh, you're coasting. And I'm sitting there listening to all this going, when I ride Zwift, I coast, I stand up, and I change positions, and I turn my front wheel, and I'm doing all that. And that was the big difference. Once I started doing all that, my indoor ride started becoming uh, fantastic. Is that an Aston Martin in front of me? Or is that a Bentley? I'll tell you all in a second. It's really nice. Oh, there was one more thing. Well, one thing is it still riding the trainer uh, when you go outside. You um, you need to uh, adjust things, and uh, or you need to practice your bike handling skills a little bit. And but then the other thing they said that a bike trainer is like lifting weights. It is it is so focused, you know, because you don't have to um, stop for stoplights, and you can do you know, five minute intervals, 10 minute intervals, whatever your coach or your training plan wants you to do. You can do those things on a trainer that you actually might find a lot of trouble. I know around here, I don't have more than like a three minute hill. And on the trainer, I can do a 20 minute hill. I can climb a mountain. I can climb, I can climb Alpe d'Huez inside of Zwift. I can do an hour hill <laughs> if I want. Anyway, you're getting the benefit. If you're riding the way, the way I'm describing, you get the benefit of riding outside and the benefit of riding inside at the same time. It is absolutely killer. All right, so I can't remember the one last thing, and I gotta go into the grocery store to get some uh, deodorant and an IPA. I like the Alaskan uh, Icy Bay IPA. I'm gonna get a uh, six pack of that uh, for the weekend or for a Thanksgiving. And if I remember that one last thing, I'll drop back in and add it. And let's see if this is a uh, an Aston Martin or a Bentley. It's a coupe. It looks like a coupe. That's a very nice. I got some iced tea. And yeah, I'll be right back. All right, I am in Tyler, Texas. Actually, noonday or closer to noonday. Thick pine forest. I'm back for uh, Thanksgiving. And I'm actually parked in a banking, a bank parking lot. To stay out of the wind here because I started running on a trail uh, my father-in-law used to be a really good runner he's still a great runner he just doesn't run anymore because of knee injuries and uh, let me move over here to the sun and let my shirt dry out there is a running trail he told me about oh my father-in-law stepfather-in-law whatever <laughs> it was a Boston qualifier and back in the 80s, 70s and 80s, and big time runner. And he was telling me about this trail, that's Texas for trail, trail, uh, that's a railroad line converted to a uh, running path, a walking path, whatever, paved path. Um, it's only um, a mile and a half long right now, but someday it's gonna go from Tyler to Bullard and Bullard is famous because that's where John Cobb got all of his triathlon stuff centered for years. Anyway, I wanted to talk about two things, this trail and sugar. So uh, I ran an hour, which was half an hour out, half an hour back, mixed surfaces. The trail ended in it, so I started going through subdivision and old country roads. Picked up... <laughs> 
two dogs that wanted to run with me for a while and I called their owner to come get them because we were getting to the tollway. Um, but most of the trail is a pine forest, deciduous trees, like tree canopy where the railroad line cuts in them, like a tunnel. It's really, really pretty. And I wanted to talk about that for a second. Um, the trailhead, if you want to start, you can park at the bank, I guess. I don't know if you're supposed to. Um, there's a Fresh, is the name of the brand, a grocery store on the south side of Tyler. And the uh, trailhead is parallels whatever road, this, this major boulevard that heads southish, I guess. Looks south from there. There's a porta can and a little parking lot. It's not open yet, and that's why I parked at the, uh, at the bank. Anyway, I did a fuel change. I heard so much talk about uh, Tailwind. So I looked into Tailwind and reverse engineered it because I think it, a lot of people say it says it really works with no more stomach upset. And I noticed while looking at it that it has um, no fructose, none. What it is is a two to one ratio. There's a jogger over there. A two to one ratio of maltodextrin, which is, uh, or no, they use dextrose. Two to one ratio of dextrose, which is really maltodextrin. Maltodextrin is even better than dextrose because it's a starch and it, uh, you can absorb it with less water. And sucrose. So sucrose, so two parts maltodextrin to one part sucrose. And sucrose is table sugar. So that comes from sugar beets, sugar cane. Um, now sucrose is 50-50 uh, glucose and fructose, I think. And so it does have fructose in it, but it's combined with, um, it's bound in that sucrose. <sighs> There's all these oses, but they matter because you have these different channels. And we're gonna get weirder with it here for a second. <laughs> So basically, um, so it doesn't bother your stomach. And that's why they call it, um, hey, there's more, there's more running trail over there. I didn't even know that. Uh, that's why they call that other stuff high fructose corn syrup because it's, it's um, sucrose, but they've jacked up the ratio of fructose in it to um, taste even sweeter. It makes it more addictive. And fructose is a problem. Your body does not digest fructose directly into the bloodstream. It has to wait and then go to your liver. And I guess what happens is it gets backed up and then it starts making you feel sick. It's toxic after a while, just backed up. Brr. Can't digest it fast enough. So you wanna minimize fructose. So again, sucrose is about 50-50 fructose and glucose. Glucose is your regular blood sugar. Um, glucose isn't very sweet. And then tailwind is, and most good fuels are two to one ratio of maltodextrin to sucrose. So I was like, I believe I have these ingredients, you know? So I started digging around for table sugar and I finally found some in my house. And then I thought, wait a minute, what about maple syrup? What is maple syrup? So I looked it up, maple syrup, real maple syrup, grade A maple syrup is sucrose. So it's that 50% fructose and that 50% uh, 
50% fructose sucrose, right? So it's the exact same as table sugar. And I was like, all oh, right, because do you know what maple syrup, maple syrup is awesome because you know what maple syrup does? It blends instantly with water, like one shake, boom, blended. And when you get it on things, it's not sticky. It rinses right off. So if you made a drink that's just as sweet as Gatorade, just as much sugar as Gatorade, and pour Gatorade all over your bike, your bike is going to be a Gatorade mess of sticky crap all over the place. If you pour that same amount of sugary water on your bike and the, the sugar in your water was maple syrup, um, one splash of water, and it all rinses off instantly. And plus it's got uh, vitamins and minerals in it. It's like good stuff. And it tastes good. It tastes kind of buttery, which is nice. Just a little bit. It makes you feel like you're eating pancakes <laughs> all day long. Um, so I've been trying this for about two weeks now, three weeks maybe. Fifth, uh, two to one maltodextrin, which you can buy in bulk online or at a brewery store. Maltodextrin. And I've weighed it with a scoop so that I know how much and then I just go with the scoop after that now that I know so I'll do like 100 calories of maltodextrin and a little bit less than a tablespoon of um so for me that's one scoop maltodextrin and one just under a tablespoon of maple syrup together oh and the other thing about maltodextrin is maltodextrin mixes instantly and so I uh, put those together, shake it up, and that is like 150 calories. That's two to one. Um, that's basically tailwind. And then you add salt to taste or whatever, and boom, you've got free tailwind. <laughs> and lots of it. It's really cool. And then you can make it in concentrate, make it bigger, make it whatever all you want. Um, and it's working really, 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 really well. Like, really well. Um, the first run I did afterwards, uh, I went from used to having pain in my stomach, upset stomach, feeling kind of, uh, and that's from the fructose. When I was doing Gatorade, um, Gatorade and maltodextrin combined. Well, Gatorade's really, Gatorade lists fructose as a, an ingredient. It's like fructose and then sucrose. So it's basically like high fructose corn syrup, kind of. But, um, and a little bit of maltodextrin. And then uh, I went from having stomach pains when I was done, upset stomach and gas and stuff like that, to nothing, nothing. And I'm like, this is it. This is it. And then on top of that, um, on a side note, I found out that Himalayan, I may have talked about it in the last episode, Himalayan sea salt makes some people sick. It's high in iron, and if you already have enough iron, it can make you sick, or too much iron at once can make you sick. And then also, it's not really regulated, so it's it can be mined and, and be like, it's very, it's very, very minimal. I don't mean to scare anybody, but it does add up over time. It can be radioactive. It can have lots of contaminants and stuff like that. Uh, it's just dug out of the side of a mountain, Himalayan sea salt. And so I took that out of my fuel as well, right around the same time, and also stopped feeling as sick. And I'm just staying away from it. I, we had a little bit of Himal pink Himalayan sea salt left. That's what the pink is, is the iron oxide. Uh, that's why it's uh, pinkish, is the rust in it. The rust isn't bad for you, it's just too much iron. And went to just regular salt, or um, 
salt stick. Actually, I switched it out for salt stick. Uh, capsules, one of our sponsors. And, um, and it just felt amazing. I've had no upset stomach, nothing. Now, what I will get is if I take in too much fuel, then I'll get burpy. You know, that still happens if you take too much fuel and not enough water or just too much fuel in general or going too hard on too much fuel. Stomach will back up a little bit. But then as soon as I get in enough water or slow down the pace or whatever, then I feel fine again. So, boom. Nutrition win. I've been trying for 15 years, and I think I finally figured it out. <laughs> anyway. The other thing is I'm always trying to figure out how to do it on the cheap because I don't have a ton of money to blow on this stuff. And you can waste money on buying expensive fuels that you don't need. Uh, or at least you don't need them for every workout. You know, you, you're doing your Ironman. You can get fancy with your Hornet juice and like all, all that stuff. Add that in. Something super long, add in the fancy stuff. But for the day in, day out, you know, try to save some money. All right, that's it. We're having Thanksgiving back at the house. I need to get back shower shower up all right that's it bang all right we are leaving the grandparents house the parents house i'm gonna go run seven minute drive see if we can cram this in i am super stoked people i have um ultraman news for you we're going to do our little, a little bit of news segment here. Uh, it is now the morning of day two of Ultraman Hawaii. And our buddy Rob Gray, who has been on the show, is in second place. And it's a three-day race. So second place is excellent. Some races, you don't even want to be in first place. That's a bad sign if you're winning. Anything long. <laughs> so usually a bad sign. That means you're trying too hard. Oh. Then, yeah, the person that usually wins the swim in an Ironman or even the bike is not the um, is not going to be the overall winner. So that's okay. It's a 10k swim, so 6.2 mile swim day, and then immediately get on the bike and do like I think it's 90 miles on the bike. That's day one. Day two is 170 something mile bike ride, and then day three is a double marathon. Woo! It is a beast. I did one on my own uh, three years ago now, and maybe two years ago, three years ago. Oh man, so I've been, uh, oh, so we'll have Rob on the show, hopefully, if he's available, to tell us, you know, how, how it's going and all that stuff. Um, I've been following on Rob's Instagram, on the stories side of Instagram, where they post video. I've been following there. But let's see. On the home front here. Oh, there's a squirrel. <laughs> Get out of the road, dude. Okay. On the home front here, I've been biking and riding around Tyler, Texas, which is beautiful right now. Um, sunset and sunset rides, morning runs. Uh, so the pastels and the oranges and the reds of the maple trees and all that is just gorgeous. Gorgeous. And. Yeah, I've been running this out and back uh, loop that I uh, figured out is super flat and then I can run almost every day. And it feels so good to run and get that out of the way. Let's see. Uh, oh, biking. Uh, when I was running yesterday, Kai texted me and said, I hate to tell you, but your, um, your mountain bike, I brought my mountain bike, that way I could ride anywhere. And 
He said, your mountain bike has a front, a, a flat in the front tire. I was like, ah. And I started going through my stuff that I brought with me and I actually had a spare tube, but then I thought I didn't need it. I would just patch the tube and I patched it, put the tube back in and then it was still leaking at the freaking valve stem. So then I had to, that's too difficult to repair right now. Um, maybe if I had sealant in it, it never would have flatted, which would have been nice. Turns out I didn't have any sealant in that tube for some reason. And it was a mix of the valve stem and a, a, a goat head thorn that um, it looks like, or glass. No, it was a thorn. You take the tube out. Here's your uh, pro tip of the week. You take the tube out. And when you take the tube out to, to change it, always feel on the inside for uh, what made it go flat. Duh. I've seen a guy have three flats in a row because he kept putting a new tube in <laughs> and then riding and it would flat. And then you just reach in there, it was like a piece of glass or something. Anyway, so I found it. And a lot of times you you have to inflate the tire to see where the hole is and then try to match it up. That's why people put on the sidewall. Oh, there's a maple tree. Oh, it's so beautiful. Oh, a bunch of them. The, uh, that's why pro, pro level smarts with uh, bike riding is, you know, the riding on the sidewall of your tire, like the brand name and everything, you line that up with your valve stem so that it's in the same place. That way you can take off your tube and your, and your, your uh, tire and match it all up and then see where, um, the hole is and then when you find the hole in the tube then you can go back to the tire and find it so there's all that and oh wow there's a lot of people out here this morning whoa there's a lot of people must be a big cyclist day i'm gonna go park right here this looks like a good spot waiting on you dude i look like my neighbor um Let's see, in other news, oh, so then I ended up having a, a great bike ride because I brought my stuff with me and I patched it myself, but I made a note that I need to put um, sealant in that front tube. For mountain biking, guys, if you want sealant in your tube and you're still riding old style mountain biking with tubes, um, do slime. Slime works great and you can buy off the internet if your store doesn't carry it. I have a, a two niner mountain bike, 29 inch tire wheels um you can order two niner um tubes pre-filled with slime the difference with slime it so slime doesn't work great under high pressure because high pressure uh tires like road bike tires for whatever reason slime uh latex sealants work better the thing is is latex sealants go bad after about a year they uh harden up and and uh, no, are no longer liquid so they don't work and you can feel like a ball of uh, latex that's dried up. And uh, slime lasts for a decade or something like that. And it doesn't go bad. And it works fine under low pressure leaks, which is mountain bike tires. You know, you only pump them up to 20, 30 PSI and 40. I do 40 if I'm riding it on the street. And uh, so I need to, that's actually what I need to change my to-do list item to is uh, go buy some slime tubes I went to my local bike shop and they didn't have slime for 29 inch wheels. So I just ordered them off the internet. 
Okay, back to the news. Lionel Sanders is uh, on a canyon, which is very interesting. Um, there's a really good thread on slow. There's too many threads on slow twitch about all that, and people are like, why does Canyon sponsor sponsor Lionel Sanders? <laughs> They've already got Ferdino and Patrick Lang, and it's like, well. Lionel's in North American. Those other two guys aren't. Lionel is a man of the people. Lionel keeps screwing up and, and keeps trying and trying and trying to figure things out. That's very age grouper-like. That's why he's so popular with the age groupers is we can identify with him because we don't have it all figured out, and he definitely doesn't. And uh, and also, he's got like YouTube channel and all that stuff. So he's he's almost like a podcaster, like Triathlon Taron or me or... or um, rich role or something like that where he's also he's got a very big online presence which makes him very attractive for sponsorship and then that gets us into online sales direct sales with bikes um, something you should know is canyon used to be cheap for their top end triathlon bike but somebody pointed out that they priced out the top end with wheels triathlon bike from canyon it's called the Speed Max. And the CF is for carbon fiber. And compared to a Trek Project 1, and the Trek was actually cheaper once you did like the the same wheels and electronic shifting and all that stuff. Which on slow twitch forums uh, led to somebody mentioning the Premier Tactical. And the Premier Tactical is a direct sales uh very 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 cool triathlon bike that has everything that's proven and nothing that's not and if somebody that really knows if you took a middle-aged kona qualifier age grouper that is a student of slow twitch forums and did everything correctly on their bike then this would be the bike it's amazing and it comes with like on slow twitch for example one thing is always ride a disc rear wheel always 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 unless you can't at kona where they take it away from you you can't ride a, a disc because it's too windy but the rest of the time always ride a disc this bike comes with a disc rear wheel on it as part of the price uh, electronic shifting uh rear storage uh i'm trying to think of all the other stuff um anyway ultegra is good enough is perfectly good enough is a thing on slow twitch and it comes with ultegra electronic shifting um it's just oh it comes with the travel case all like all this built into the price for five thousand six hundred dollars which is like just the cost of the frame of a uh project one bike it seems like maybe with the shifting from trek so um if i fit on one that would probably be my next bike so i actually messaged the owner because it got me interested oh and their customer service is awesome canyon is across the ocean and so people always are always complaining about customer service with canyon being too far away and stuff like that and tactical customer service uh, premier tactical is uh rated like really great and and here's an example of how the guy is on slow twitch and i messaged him and i said hey i'm really tall and i have really long arms and I had to like extend the handlebars a little bit with custom stuff to make me fit on a the biggest, longest uh, Trek project, Trek uh, speed concept. What's the longest distance I can stretch out a um, a Premier Tactical? 
And he replied back within like an hour. <laughs> and um, I don't have it on me, the number. And I'm also out of town for my bike. So I'm going to take that number and go back and measure it. So I'm super excited. So I mentioned to him, hey, do you, uh, would you like to be interested in maybe doing a podcast interview? And he said, sure. Uh, because I'm really fascinated with how um, people make a business out of triathlon, you know, because I do it with podcasting that's turned into coaching and, you know, it's just become a lifestyle helping other people and, and, uh, pay some bills and, and it's really great. And, you know, how has he, uh, made a bike company doing the same thing? And also, you know, what led to the choices that he has made and how did he make these choices and how did he execute it and how's it going? So we might have that coming up. All right, that's enough for now. I'm going to go hit the run and uh, see how it goes. Very, very excited. All right, out, bang. All right, I think that's a wrap. Just finished my run. Nice little pace, like a 940, I think. About a 940, yeah. Pace on the uh, countryside roads. Posted a lot of pictures on Instagram. And next episode, I think we'll catch up with how Rob Gray did at Ultraman. And the best thing about parking in a grocery store parking lot is going in and then buying an IPA to celebrate a nice nice workout and nice week of workouts in a beautiful location. And I'm drinking a Deschutes Fresh Squeezed. I've actually toured the brewery up in Bend, Oregon with my buddy Drew. Yep, and I've even paddleboarded down the river that runs through Bend, Oregon, the Deschutes River, and uh, fell in. <laughs> but I was wearing a wool sweater, which was so cool because I just shook it out, and then it was warm again. Wool, America's America, the world's natural, technical, original technical fabric, works pretty great. I've been camping a lot uh, lately in cold and wet and. And uh, wool works so great because it still keeps you really warm, even when you get wet. And let's see. Yeah, we'll do an Ultraman recap. What's going on there next episode? Get all the ins and outs. I'll try to do an analysis of what happened. And I'm really psyched to be getting a a show done in an hour or so, whatever it actually takes, because this is really nice. And that way I can get out more shows. I can spend... I got a plan in my mind, you know. (laughs) Plans. Let me know how those work out. But anyway, get a show done. Record like an hour's worth over a week. And then uh, stop the show right then. And then uh, start... it It takes a few days to edit down a show. You know, to mix it in with everything else that I'm doing edit down a show, then uh, start recording a new show while, while I'm editing the old one, and it'll overlap some, but then wouldn't it be cool if I could get out, get out one a week? But then I have to quit recording for so long to do it, because I have to listen to the audio to actually get it. And then, on top of that, uh, probably to get an hour in and make it work and make it convenient and possible, then I kind of have to mix up the arrangement of the formats as well and just record as I go and mix in the news and the training all 
just continuously and quit trying to separate them out as segments. Um, yeah. And fit in things like this. I, uh, I was running today. Come on. There we go. I was running today listening to a really good audiobook, uh, Enlightenment Now uh, by Steven Pinker. And it's the history of not so much Zen enlightenment, but just enlighten the enlightenment period and what it actually means and how it, how the parts all work and how you can continue using it today, I guess. It's uh, really long. It's like 16 hours. <laughs> but it's nice to jog to. And you can do a speed up, you know, just the speed, one, one and a quarter, one and a half, especially on audible stuff. All right, that's it. Uh, got a ton of photos and videos of the past week on Instagram. You can find me at Instagram as uh, Zen Triathlon, all one word. Somebody asked who I who I am on Zwift and Zwift I am zentriathlon.com, all one word. And that way I can get some marketing in, in there. So when people go, hey, that guy looks really happy riding this bike. He's done a bunch of miles and he's zooming along. Uh, how could I... Uh, tune into what that guy's doing and then do the same. We could build a big community. Oh yeah. It's in his name. It's zentrathlon.com. <laughs> uh, but the way I spelled it, because it's weird the way Zwift works, I had to do Z. But my last name might be in triathlon.com and then my first name might be Z. Because what it does is it puts the first initial in front of your last name. So if my name is Brett Blankner, then it would be B Blankner. Or if you were Dave Scott, it would be D. Scott. So on Zentrathlon, or on a Zwift, I am Zentrathlon.com. <laughs> and on Twitter, I'm Zentrathlon. You can find me there. And then also on the website, Zentrathlon.com. You can go there and play the shows right from the website. You can subscribe to the iTunes. You can go through a back history of all the shows and find ones in there. I mean, dude, we got Maca. Maca in there. Lots of champions, lots of great athletes, lots of uh, industry movers and shakers, lots of people like Rob Gray who have got nutrition figured out. Oh, I've got Orange Mud founder uh, recently and uh, Salt Stick, you know, how electrolytes actually work and why you get sloshy stomach is in there as well. And is there anything else? Oh, yeah. On Zentrathlon.com, you can go on the left-hand side and donate to the show to keep the podcast running. You can do a one-time or a recurring donation. And that's really nice and easy. It goes straight through PayPal. And, um, you, yeah, recurring is nice because then you can just kind of forget about it. And then the day that you're like, you know, uh, I'm not listening to Zentrathlon.com anymore. <laughs> Zentrathlon podcast. Then you just go and... Um, in your PayPal settings, go cancel subscriptions. It's actually super, super easy. And that's actually leading me to the way that I do. Uh, <laughs> I'm just looking at this lady's shirt that's walking by. It says Jesus, Texas. Like that's a city or something. I'm, uh, uh, I do coaching um, by PayPal. Oh, wait, her shirt actually is pretty cool. I kind of need this shirt. Jesus, Texas tacos <laughs> the ridiculousness of it is uh pretty good 
I think I like it. Okay. Dude, seriously, I think I need that shirt. That would be really funny for me to wear. Uh, okay, anyway, triathlon coaching. I use Training Peaks and I coach people uh, by custom, custom coaching. You can download a training plan if you want and I'll coach you through it on how to actually do it. So much of what a coach does is reads your work and tells you what you're doing right and what you're doing wrong and uh, your symptoms, what they actually mean. You're like, I'm really tired when this, and I feel great when that, and uh, this hurts, but this doesn't. Uh, I, I'm having trouble getting up early in the morning some days, and then this days I'm not. What should I do about caffeine? Is this too much mileage? Uh, because training plans are just a plan, and uh, the, the great saying is everybody has a plan, well, Mike Tyson said everybody has a plan until they get punched in the face. <laughs> yeah, but there's another one <laughs> that's actually from a, uh, a general that says, um, well, I think it was Eisenhower, yeah, that said um, a plan is useless, but planning is indispensable. So basically you want to plan out what you're going to do, but then when actually the uh, rubber hits the road, uh, getting that done, you run into all kinds of problems nothing ever turns out like it seems and that's what a coach does for you and says no 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 don't worry about that okay now worry about this oh your uh your left knee hurts okay does it hurt on the outside or the inside back or front okay well that's a sign that your seat's too high or too low kind of depends on which area and okay let's adjust the seat okay wait don't adjust it that much adjust it a little bit less and um, okay, let's look at your bike position. Send me a photo or a video of you on your on your bike. And uh, I can tell you whether to move forward a little bit more, move up or down, or your, or your handlebars are too low. Anyway, I do all that. I do that for 200 bucks a month. And that seems like a lot, but just uh, a year of coaching can change your life. It absolutely changed my life and got me uh, from being just very uh, back of the pack uh, just trying to finish to being very front of the pack and understanding how it all works and how it all goes together. And also it helped me get my um, heart rate a whole bunch lower so that I could go long, long distances without feeling fatigued and how all that works. And a coach is also another set of eyes that, um, well, they're like a disciplinarian that you that you get in your back pocket, a, a bird on your shoulder saying, nope, come on, let's go, let's go, you can do it. A coach believes in you. I believe in you. I think everybody can do Ironmans uh, at least one a year, no problem. It's not that bad. It's not that hard. Uh, you just have to kind of work your way up to it over a period of a uh, year, two, three. It kind of depends on the person. And yeah, that's it. So everybody stay safe out there. Oh, wait, how do you find me as a coach? <laughs> uh, on purpose, I've taken my, my email address off the website so I don't get lots of emails uh for people that don't really want coaching they just kind of want to just ask uh they just they're not committed unless they really want to uh unless you really have to work to find my email then um you don't really want coaching so what i do is i've kind of hidden my email and it's a very zen thing um the zen masters uh, they say uh no three times before they'll accept a student so they make themselves difficult to get to, and that way this, they know that the student is really committed. 
before they show up because it's going to be hard, you know? So my email is hard to get to. It's at the very end of the podcast. It's not shown on my website. You have to Google around and find it very, very difficult. And that way I get people that really, really want to get coached by me, not just anybody. And I'm about to tell you what it is. It's Texafornia, T-E-X-A-F-O-R-N-I-A, Texas, California, Texafornia at gmail.com. Shoot me an email if you want to get coached. 200 bucks a month through PayPal, and we use Training Peaks, which is the industry standard of the really good stuff, and we'll get it done. All right, that's it. Everybody stay safe out there, work the uphills, cruise the downhills, and keep the rubber side down. Out. <laughs>